We've got the potential for strong winds and strong storms to start the week. We'll take you through both in first warning weather. A police investigation in North Austin after two people were shot and killed at a game room. And the NTSB speaking out on the midair blowout that left a gaping hole on the side of a plane and why when it happened may have saved lives. Hi everyone, thank you for joining us. I'm Mike Rush along with meteorologist Nick Bannon. We start here in the Weather Center because we have the potential for some damaging winds for the next couple of days. Nick. Yeah, and it's already windy now for some of us, but these winds are just going to crank up more overnight, especially in the hill country, and then for the rest of us through the day tomorrow. And these winds could continue all the way through Tuesday. Outside right now in Round Rock, we're at 60 degrees, as you can see. And from our Whittlesea Landscape Supply Camera there, we've got some breezier winds behind that temperature there. You can see the tree moving around in the wind, and that wind will only get stronger here through the night. You can see those winds are gusting out of the southeast at roughly 20 to 25 miles per hour, uh, but plan on those stronger winds overnight, focusing mostly in the hill country where we have a wind advisory that begins at six in about an hour lasts all the way through six tomorrow morning. Consider this the first round of strong winds. We could get gusts over 40 miles per hour there and potentially some isolated power outages too. As far as the temperatures, it's a reasonably average uh, beginning to your evening with low 60s out there now. And because of the wind mixing the air, we're not going to see these temperatures dropping much. Clouds will be on the increase though from the south here tonight. So we'll go from mostly clear at seven to partly cloudy at nine and turning mostly cloudy at 11 as temperatures only drop slightly through the middle 50s here by 11. Coming up in first warning weather, we'll track the timing of those two rounds of strong wind gusts and just how high those gusts go. We'll also update you on the potential for some pretty widespread rain and even a severe storm or two tomorrow. And then eventually we'll get to the rest of the week. Thanks, Nick. Two people are dead and one person is hurt after a shooting at a North Austin game room early this morning. Police responded around 5 a.m. after several 911 calls about people arguing at the Cowboys game room on Parkfield Drive. They found two men with gunshot wounds outside of the business. Police say the men died at the scene and a woman who was injured is in the hospital listed as stable. Investigators have not said if there is a suspect. We'll have more on this story coming up tonight after the game. The National Transportation Safety Board says the mid-air emergency on the Alaska Airlines flight Friday night could have been, quote, much more tragic. They held the, uh, the head of the NTSB, says the plane had taken off from the Portland airport when a panel blew off, leaving a gaping hole as the plane was flying at 16,000 feet. She says if the panel had blown at cruising altitude around 30,000 feet with passengers walking around and people with their seatbelts off, the results could have been much worse. Fortunately, she says no one was seated next to the panel that blew off and nobody was hurt badly. Federal officials have ordered the immediate grounding of some Boeing jetliners after the incident. The inspections are expected to take up to eight hours for each aircraft and affect 171 jets worldwide. Going in depth now, this is not the first time that this kind of jet has been grounded. In 2019, 800 Boeing 737 Maxes across the globe were grounded for nearly two years. It happened after two of the jets crashed within a few months of each other. In those crashes, a total of 346 people 
people were killed. An investigation found the jets had a tendency to tilt nose up, so Boeing had created software to counter that. But that software overcorrected and pushed the noses down repeatedly on both planes that crashed. In both cases, a faulty sensor triggered the nose down movement, overriding pilot controls. After a 20-month investigation, as well as improvements to the software to prevent this from happening again, the Boeing 737 MAX jets were cleared to fly. According to NBC News, no modern aircraft had ever been grounded for so long. On the third anniversary of the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol, the FBI captured three fugitives accused of participating in the riot. The FBI arrested Jonathan Pollack, Olivia Pollack, and Joseph Hutchinson the third yesterday in Florida. Jonathan Pollack had been on the run since the summer of 2021 when he was indicted along with his sister Olivia. Olivia Pollack and Hutchinson failed to show up to their trials in 2023. Jonathan Pollock is accused of helping breach a barricade and assaulting officers, grabbing an officer by the waist and pulling him down the stairs, punching another officer in the face and stealing another officer's police shield. Late last week, the top federal prosecutor in Washington said scores of new cases related to the January 6th riot are on the way. U.S. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin has been in the hospital for nearly a week after suffering complications from a medical procedure, and officials confirmed the Pentagon did not tell the president or senior officials in the White House's National Security Council about it for days. The news also wasn't shared with the public until yesterday. According to NBC News, Austin wasn't just hospitalized, but he was also in intensive care for at least four days. When asked why his stay wasn't disclosed sooner, a Pentagon spokesperson tells NBC News, this has been an evolving situation in which we had to consider a number of factors. Adding, Secretary Austin is recovering well and has resumed his full duties. The Pentagon also declined to explain what Austin's procedure was and what complications occurred. Still to come, a new Texas border law faces a battle in the courtroom. Why the Department of Justice says it undermines the federal government and how far Governor Greg Abbott says he's willing to take this case to ensure the law stands. Nearly three years after its founding, a Central Texas nonprofit is moving operations out of state to expand its animal welfare work. Layla's Heart Ranch and Rescue focuses on rescuing at-risk dogs with behavioral issues from shelters. Now the organization is set to move to Oregon in late spring for more space and to welcome other kinds of animals to the sanctuary. Despite the out-of-state relocation, nonprofits heads say that they'll continue taking in Texas animals to give them a second chance. Now that we've purchased our own property, we're able to expand the rescue so that we can rescue even more dogs, so that we can expand to rescue farm animals as well. Layla's Heart is hosting a fundraiser raffle to aid in the move. Digital reporter Kelsey Thompson has more details on that fundraiser and the nonprofit's work online at KXAN.com. Well, new video shows the moment a tornado touched down in Fort Lauderdale yesterday. This video shows the tornado moving through Fort Lauderdale, hitting some buildings and possibly some transformers, causing electrical explosions, in fact, multiple of those. The twister appears to touch down in three different locations just in this video alone. 
Now, as far as damage reports go, fire crews responded to reports of damaged homes and boats in the area, but luckily no reports of injuries. Well, the first measurable snow of the year fell across much of the northeast overnight and through the day today. In Massachusetts, snowfall totals reached close to a foot in some areas, and overnight snow left this Connecticut town looking like a wintry postcard. Snow continues to fall in the area, and up to a foot is expected in some spots. Flurries also continuing in New York State, with the forecast calling for the steadiest snow to uh, continue to wrap up here as we head into the evening. We didn't have snow here. We still had high cedar pollen, though, but at least it was trending lower than yesterday. Mold low and trending lower as well. Our high temperature for the day, just a little above average, 64 degrees. We've got a wild next couple of days. We'll show you that and a preview of potentially the coldest air of the season in first warning weather. A new Texas immigration enforcement law was challenged months before it was even enforceable. But Governor Greg Abbott is betting it will survive court tests. The highest profile lawsuit comes from the Department of Justice, which filed Wednesday, saying it is unconstitutional for Texas police to arrest migrants from entering the U.S. illegally. Our Capitol correspondent Monica Madden has more on the future of Senate Bill 4. During a Wednesday border trip to Eagle Pass, House Republicans backed Texas's new immigration enforcement law, already set for a showdown in the courts. The state of Texas has been forced into this. When the federal government has chosen openly not to do their job. The Department of Justice argues Texas is undermining federal authority by trying to have a say in who can enter the U.S. and who must be removed. Who else is going to protect the state? If the federal government is not doing it, even though there's laws already on the books, who's supposed to do it? I applaud the Texas state legislature for taking this measure. It shouldn't be necessary. The federal court, not individual state, are uh, is in charge of determining how and uh, when to remove uh, non-citizens. Back in 2012, the U.S. Supreme Court struck down a similar Arizona law, holding that states cannot pass their own immigration laws. I asked Speaker of the House Mike Johnson about this. Do you think it should be within states' rights to enforce federal immigration law like the law Texas just passed due to the state of the crisis despite the ruling previously in Arizona versus USA? Absolutely. Listen, we have applauded Governor Abbott and all the brave law enforcement officers here on the border in Texas. They're doing their dead-level best to protect their citizens, and that's his number one job. The federal government, the White House, the administration refuses to do it. So if you're the governor of Texas or a border state or any governor, you have the responsibility the right, the constitutional authority to do the right thing and secure your people. And to defend themselves. Governor Greg Abbott has vowed to take this case to the U.S. Supreme Court if necessary. But there is precedent. Uh, it was struck down. I can't speak for this current court. With a more conservative court, the outcome this time is uncertain. Monica Madden, KXAN News. And this bill is set to go into effect on March 5th, but it could be affected by the legal challenges that it faces. All right, let's bring Nick back in and talk about uh, this weather that we've got going on. So uh, I guess the headliner, so to speak, is the is the is the rough weather. Or, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, the high winds, but uh, we're going to get some rain out of this as well. Yeah, call it a wind and rain sandwich with the wind <laughs> at the beginning and the end and then a little bit in the middle. Well, you uh, kind of make it sound appetizing too. when you put it that you way. Know, I think it's around <laughs> dinner time, right, for some of you. Uh, let's take it outside right now to our Whittlesea Landscape Supply Camera in Southeast Austin where the 
Clouds are starting to increase here. This is the first sign of many that a storm is about to come to Central Texas. Why is it going to get so windy, though? Well, we've got a very strong area of low pressure to the northwest of us and a very strong area of high pressure to the southeast of us over the Caribbean. And because they're both very strong in the middle here, uh, we've got to equal things out, equalize the atmosphere to say to transition between the low and the high. So that makes it very windy and it's only going to get windier as this area of low pressure gets closer to central Texas as we head through the day tomorrow. This is also going to drag two cold fronts through the area. The first of which will help to bring in some rain and storms. The second will blow in very cold air for Tuesday. This should move out of here by later in the day Tuesday, though, helping to bring down those winds. But before it does, we've still got some stronger winds to come. Our main concern for the strongest winds tonight is going to be in the hill country, where we could get some 30 to 45 mile per hour gusts. It's still going to be blustery everywhere. Just those strongest of winds with the potential for isolated outages will be generally confined to the hill country here tonight. During the day tomorrow, it'll be windy throughout with winds first out of the south and then eventually out of the west as our uh, cold front blows through at least the first of two cold fronts and you can start seeing more of those gusts 40 miles per hour or higher as we wrap up your Monday. Looks like the strongest of the winds will come in Monday evening, Monday night. That's where we could have more of us gusting over 40 miles per hour and potentially gusting up to 50 and that certainly could be enough to cause those isolated power outages. But the winds stay with us all day on Tuesday, gusting out of the northwest, blowing in the cold air, frequently gusting 20 to 40 miles per hour during the day Tuesday before they finally come down by Tuesday evening. There is the area of low pressure. It will bring us some rain, although the rain is hardly the big story here. Clouds come in first. They're already coming in now. Rain showers start to develop after about one or two in the morning, maybe starting off as drizzle and fog first before turning to actual rain. There could be some isolated thunderstorms in the mix as well. Your early morning commute looks wet with showers and storms continuing through the middle of the morning. But toward the end of the morning, the rain starts to pull back a little bit. Some sunny breaks start to develop. Uh, and then we actually brighten up quite a bit into the afternoon. While many of us are dry the second half of the day, there is the potential for an isolated strong or even severe storm to form near or mainly east of I-35. We're mostly looking at you in Fayette County, but uh, technically speaking, anywhere in the metro could see a strong storm in the afternoon, too. There may even be another round of a very isolated storm Monday evening. This model's not showing it, but some others do. And it's those isolated afternoon or evening storms that may be strong before this all clears out and we're back to sunshine here throughout the day on Tuesday. How much rain are we looking at? Most of us, it's way under a quarter of an inch of rain. There could be some localized higher amounts than that in our eastern counties. But the severe weather threat is a little more wide spread at one out of five for most of us but you see part of Fayette County actually at a two out of five risk really the highest severe weather threat is just east of our area tomorrow where the main concern is going to be for still more damaging winds but even a localized brief tornado so your rain chances jump to 60 percent but not until after midnight
overnight tonight with lows dropping down to 53 and it'll be a windy night. Rain chances at 80% tomorrow. Most of us get the rain in the morning, but there is a low rain chance in the afternoon. We do get to 72 tomorrow before that second cold front blows in the cold and you can see we're in the 50s Tuesday, 60s Wednesday, 70 on Thursday and then another cold front brings us wind on Friday. So far next weekend is looking dry, but I do want to issue a first warning about potentially the coldest air of the season coming around January 15th or 16th. That's just after next weekend. We could be looking at a hard freeze at night, 40s during the day. Details on KXAN.com. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. The Cowboys have locked up a playoff berth, but they can clinch the division. They could also earn the number two seed. They also could have to hit the road as a number five seed. It all depends on how the other games shake out. Cowboys are facing Washington right now. The score is 28 to 10. The Eagles are down 24 to nothing. So to the Giants. So if these results hold, the Cowboys will clinch the division and at least one home playoff game. Of course, other stuff will be decided later. The Houston Texans locked up a playoff spot last night. They needed Tennessee to beat Jacksonville to earn a home game. And Tennessee helped them out. Derrick Henry taking this one 69 yards deep into Jacksonville territory. That gave him over 100 yards for the 41st time, which breaks Earl Campbell's record for most 100-yard games in franchise history. Then Ryan Tannehill, a few plays after that run, finding DeAndre Hopkins, a former Texan, for the touchdown there, 28-13. to Jags down 28-24th and two. Trevor Lawrence passes to Evan Ingram, but that's incomplete. And Tennessee wins a 28-20. And with that, the Texans win the AFC South for the first time since 2019. College football changes are coming for Texas football. The Longhorns hired Johnny Nansen to be their co-defensive coordinator and linebackers coach. Nansen spent the last eight seasons on the defensive staff at Arizona. He also coached with Steve Sarkeesian at Washington and USC. Some other good news for the Longhorns. Offensive lineman Jake Majors announced that he'll return Majors has started the last 41 games for Texas. He was all Big 12 honorable mention this past season. Defensive back Ryan Watts, he's going to depart the 40 acres as he declared for the NFL draft. Watts spent the last two seasons with Texas after transferring from Ohio State. All right, we'll check in with the UT men's basketball team who came up short last night in their conference opener. We'll hear from the Horns on that disappointing result when sports continues after this. Keep it here. Big 12 play didn't exactly start the Longhorns way on the basketball court as they dropped their final Big 12 opener to Texas Tech at home last night. Texas was neck and neck with the Red Raiders before Tech just overpowered them in the second half. The Red Raiders shot 53% from the field and players like last week's Big 12 player of the week, Pop Isaacs, they were hitting key shots. He led all scorers with 21 points. The Horns came up short 78 to 67 as Tech won their seventh in a row. Now, one could say it's a wake-up call, but the Longhorns are aware that the intensity level is going to be quite high from now to the end of the season. It's what you signed up for, and, you know, you can only keep these games with you for one night, whether you win or lose, because the next game's going to be another big game for you. Um, you know, these guys came out and thought, you know, again, they gave us a great effort. Uh, we just have to continue to stay the course and keep working. I mean, it's what we signed up for. I mean, you know, it's the best league in the country. Um, so we have to bring our A game every night. Um, it's a gauntlet. So, um, you know, as Coach said, you know, we got to turn the page and go to the next one. 
Yeah. Yep. Next up for Texas will be Cincinnati coming up on Tuesday night on the road. So that's going to be another tough game. Yeah. Uh, okay. For Texas. Um, and also really quick, Cowboys still leading Washington 28 to 10 uh, late in the third quarter. Now it's 34 it's to 10. We just 10. got updated. <laughs> 34 to 10 now. So there we go. So we Cowboys got the news as it's growing, yeah, Exactly. Yeah. Growing that lead. So. Yeah. So it's looking like the division is going to be the Dallas Cowboys. Good deal. We'll see. All yeah, right. We'll it's see. Looking, it's looking unless, like... unless Philadelphia completely collapses. Yeah. Yeah. Well, excuse me, the Giants completely yeah. collapse. Right. Okay. Which they won't. They won't. Oh, we'll be right back in just a moment.